on today's episode of Motherfuckers in the Barbershop is Lando and Be Nice talking a little college football, talking a little movies and, and, and power. We're really going to talk about power a lot. If you do enjoy this, this episode, don't forget to leave a like, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and um, uh, SoundCloud and follow the Instagram page and our uh, Twitter page, man, Motherfuckers in the Barbershop. All right, now, enjoy the episode. What's up, y'all? It's a special, special show. Um, this motherfucker's in the barbershop. It's two of us in the barbershop, so I guess it's like me cutting be nice hair or, or him fucking up my head or something. You know, also took a little trip. But uh, be nice, tell the people where they can find you. What's the deal, man? It's nice. You can follow me on the gram at two underscores be nice and on Twitter at be nice two underscores. And this is Lando. You can follow me on Twitter at the tackler1711 and at the motherfuckers in the barbershop podcast page. Appreciate the love from last week. Um, you know, got a lot of good feedback. The energy feeling good. But uh, today we're going to get to some football shit. This is a, a football guys uh, podcast okay. today. So we're going we gonna to really dig in, you know. Shout out to Austin in, in Chicago with Ashley B with two E's. But uh, let's get to the shout outs and shaking my heads, man. Like, uh, let's start. Uh, no, let me start. Okay, go ahead and do your thing. I'm going to start with a shout-out to Last Chance University. And that really got me into football, mode. It's a very funny season, very entertaining. Um, some talented guys, the trouble background. We all know the old nine yards. They're the new school. Very, very funny, very entertaining. Right, so that's my number one shout-out. And, that, and that's what just got us in the, in the football frenzy, you know. I want to touch on some of those players and what I saw. Um... My next shout out go to Comic Con. Comic Con was last week. We seen some dope movie trailers that that popped off. Um, you know, Iron Fist come back out September seventh. You got the Aquaman um, trailer that came out. New Godzilla movie. So looking Shazam. pretty good. Shazam, Shazam. So it's a lot to look forward to uh, with the Comic Con. And um, I think that's it. I mean, my shake of my head just go to Popeyes, but I'm gonna let it be nice. Popeyes got roaches. Uh, if I had to shout anything out, man, I'm almost done with my internship. I'll be done with that next week. Then hopefully can move forward to make some money. Uh, and the second thing that I would like to shout out, man, this is a little off off radar and off key, but I'm heavy in the Bleacher Report. I really like articles. And a couple weeks ago, you know, this is a football guy podcast. A couple weeks ago, I stumbled across an article that they featured a name in the headline that was recognizable but also somewhat unfamiliar and it was something that kind of caught me off guard and the, the name was Jalen Hurd and I couldn't really recognize why I knew the name and then once I clicked on the article the face was completely unfamiliar to me he looked completely different and upon reading it I realized where I knew that name from and he was formerly a star running back at the University of Tennessee prior to Alvin Kamara's entrance and he was one of my favorite college players but he was also one of those people that just disappeared and I wasn't really a big Tennessee fan. I didn't know the full story behind what happened with him or where he went to. And we see these cases every once in a while where it's people that just disappear. They fall off the face of the earth. They don't go to the pros. You don't know what happens to them. Jalen Hurd was a monster. For anybody that kept up with college football back at the time, he was an absolute beast coming out of the backfield and one of the best running backs. He's a little bit big for, for the position, and it seemed awkward at some tenses, but he was a monster. And I want to shout out Jalen Hurd for this reason because he, he's transformed himself into a wide receiver at the University of Baylor. He used the, the reason and for wanting to prolong his career, seeing the running backs don't really have a long lifespan in the NFL. And although he looked like a lot to be a, at least a third-round pick for sure, probably sooner, 
he had to own his his own mindset for wanting to prolong his own lifespan in the NFL. And he came back as a wide receiver. He left the University of Tennessee, and he kind of reached out to Baylor, even though he had other schools that wanted him. He came back as a wide receiver. He looks good. He looks a little a lot leaner. He, like I said, he looks like a completely different person. He's changed his hair, but I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can be. Is a freak athlete like that? You don't stop being a freak athlete. And they said he's worked really hard on his skills as a wide receiver. So I'm just shouting out Jalen Hurd. You know, I don't watch a lot of Baylor. Robert Griffin ain't been there in a long time. But I'm definitely gonna be tuned in this year to just see what he might turn into. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a dope story. I mean, good good transition. I mean, at the end of the day, today's NFL running backs have to play like receivers. They do. They do. So I mean, I think that's that's a good transition for him. And like you said, your your career would be a lot longer. So. Well, definitely. You see. Uh, Ty Gurley just got paid, so shout out to Ty Gurley for sure. But Le'Veon Bell been fighting this battle for a long time. Yeah. And realistically, he already plays like a receiver and stuff. It's just actually lines up outside. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a situation where you, you you can't really blame an organization for not paying running backs because we see the hits that they take. Like, everybody deserves their money. Don't get me wrong. But in the scheme of how the sport is set up financially, which is a, a different topic completely, it's understandable why they don't want to pay running backs. Because if I give you this money and your knee get blew out in the first game of the season, it just seemed like a bad bad business deal. Whereas the chances of that, not as high for a wide receiver. I think a lot of that's the players' fault too, though. Definitely well, doing that, doing that collective bargaining. Yeah, I got to stand together. You got to. Because like, like the Morris Smith said, it was a lot of guys who just said they were broke. They said we need to take whatever deal on the table, take the deal. Because yeah. we you know, we got bills, we got families to take I care mean, of. the NFL is a lot different, too. Back. I think that it's a a lot. And we've seen a lot of NBA players go broke, but I think it's way worse money oh, yeah. management in the NFL for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Any any more shout outs? Um, that's about it, man. We we collectively as a city, man, we shaking our head at the east side, man. Yes. Popeyes got roaches. Uh, it's another, a couple other locations and some pizza places and some Burger Kings or something like that on the east side that I'm seeing some weird things about, man. So, hey. Tighten up. That's all I got to say. Let me let me speak on the east side real quick because I was in St. Clair Shores last night. It's not the east side. No, no, no. But I was I had to drive through the east side. Damn. 94 got closed mm. at Connor. So I had to get off Connor. Terrible. And I passed that Popeye's, like Popeyes going up Gratia. It's Nobody should be eating those seven-mile Gratia. Even if you live over there, you should not eat at the restaurants over there. Nothing you really could do. It's hard to get roaches out of them old, bad neighborhoods. It is. Now, you can. It's not impossible. But that was just them being mismanaged. It was Popeye's being cheap. And it, that's the result you get, man. And it's, it's terrible because that's it's really messed with people's lives. Old grease and roaches and stuff like that around food, man. That that can really cause illness I mean, and that's not even just to say, you know, it's just the roaches that take it over the top. Like, me personally, from my experience from partially living in, in the suburbs of Rochester and the Auburn Hills area, they fast food don't taste shit like our fast food. Right. Like, it almost tastes like it's not fast food. When you eat something in Detroit, you know you eat some shit bad for you. Like, it tastes like it. Oh, this shit ain't really, I ain't supposed to be ingesting this shit. This shit not cool. I'm a separate, it just tastes like regular food. It still fuck you up, but it just tastes like regular food. And it's because they change the grease. I don't know what people, not they got against fucking changing the grease, but that shit ain't cool. No, oh, they're just trying to save money, trying to save time, just being lazy. And yeah. the thing with Popeye, like, you can't close it for, like, a week and it's going to change. Everybody there got to be retrained on how to clean, of how to cook, how to, uh, oh, my goodness. There's just, just so much work got to go into it. So, 
a week or a few days uh, shutdown is not going to help that, man. But I'm not I'm not shocked by the East Side of Detroit having nasty. Uh, I mean, the East Side, you know, shout out to our East Side listeners. My sister's from the East Side. People from the East Side, they think that we the poor side. My sister legitimately told me that the West Side has no houses. But she must not have been, like, on Mac or nothing like that. But you drive through there. She oh from, goodness. if I'm not mistaken, she lived on Seven Mile close to Ryan. See, that's different, though, because Seven Mile is a... A heavy populated yeah, occupied area. Sure. You take a little trip down Gratiot, start going down Warren and Mac and Harper and all that shit. Yeah, you go, you go I mean, see a lot me more. Some areas like by the Drive and and oh, a little yeah, further down, like it ain't, it ain't got no houses over here on the west side. I'm, I mean, I've been to the east side. This whole block's cleared out. Cleared out. And look, I don't mind. Like, like you know, we on the west side over here. I don't mind this neighborhood not having that many houses because you ain't got to deal with that many people. For sure. On the east side, you got a lot of squatters over there. For sure. So even though the house is abandoned, it's still people just living in the house. This is just in there. So, yeah, but shaking my head at the east side, man. Sure. Shaking my head at Popeye's, too. Shaking my head at fast food. And like you said, the niggas that's eating at Seven Mile and Grass, shaking my head at y'all. Oh, yuck. I ain't going to lie. I tell people all the time, and I had a couple people. I took them around my neighborhood. There were certain places that we passed shit up. I was looking for gas, or they wanted some snacks or something like that. I rolled right past most of the shit in my own neighborhood. You got to know what you're dealing with. I remember Gans almost got you killed. He yeah, stopped yeah, on like seven mile, like seventy five. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. another story for a different day, oh, though. A different day. But let's let's get to this Big Ten media day. Okay. So Jim Harbaugh, you know, okay. listen, the oven is hot. Little sister. <laughs> Little sister. Hey, he he might he might regret that. He's gonna regret sister. that. But Jim Harbaugh, the oven is hot. Mm-hmm. He came in. Um, he got a few softball questions at first. Then the Michigan State. Reporter just blasted him. Just came with the one and five versus yeah, your two rivals. Uh, get, what's getting going, beat down? Getting this beat bitch. down. Like what's going to happen? Like what what change is going to be made? And to Jim credit, he kept it cool. He said the same thing. Hey, we're just going to get better and better every day, and that's the plan. How do you feel about Jim Harbaugh's hot seat, or do you think he still got still got room? I mean, I never felt like the nigga had an unlimited leash, bro. It's just Michigan is too dominant. To some degree. Now, they ain't really won no national championships in, in a long time. But as far as pedigree, they wanted the upper echelons of schools when it comes to this college football shit. It's not in the SEC. You know what I'm saying? You got the USC, some other PAC schools. Uh, Ohio State does their thing. And some other, you know what I'm saying, like Big 12 teams. But outside of the southern states, Michigan is one of the big-time schools. You can't be there lollygagging and fucking around and also, I think one of the things that's going to be his to his detriment and to his downfall is the hype. You can't come in and have amigos, and I'm Jim Harbaugh, and I did it at the NFL level. I'm the golden boy from U of M, and you don't perform like it. Because, you know what I'm saying, just because that thing, it's, it's like a blessing and a curse. That same lease that you got that seemed, you know, unbelievably long and it never was going to stop, at a certain point, that shit going to flip on you, and it's like, damn, you supposed to be a sure thing. You supposed to, if nobody else can do this, you supposed to be able to do this. And now it's starting to look like D'Antonio is, is a real guy. He's a real, people don't want to give him his credit, but I ain't saying that he should be looked at as, as Nick Saban and nobody like that, I but he's he a, a beast. I think he should. He's a people holding this shit down for a long time and really making nothing, you know what I'm saying, into something. He really been turning the school around, even when it looked like we, Michigan State was just fucking three and nine a couple years ago. And they turned that shit around immediately. And he don't have the big-time recruits like a lot of other schools. He get his people, but it's not the same where you're looking at 
what he competing against. But he get the right people. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He got his system going. He got his he got his coaches with him. He got these people who, who are real genuine people. They lock in. They tell you, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. This is the system we're going to follow. And they get the kids to believe in that shit. Fucking Jalen Watts Jackson, for, for instance. He lost his hip down there returning that kick when they beat Michigan. Tore his shit up. And that's the type of people you got to have for you who gonna, who willing to die for that type of situation where it's like they know, all right, our season might not be shit, but we beat y'all, that's the game. That's that's what we needed. And I think that's, look, I think everybody's being too hard on Jim Harbaugh. And I, I'm going to give you some, like, I'm not saying you're not wrong with what you said. No, no, I, don't I agree with you. That. I, I agree with what you're saying. And, you know, real quick on Mark D'Antonio, to me, he's like one of the best, if not top three, top four coaches in, in, in all of college football. Mm-hmm. He gets the right players that fit his system. And like you said, all that star, five star, four star shit—that shit is all overrated. Like you said, if you could play, you could play, and he know how to find those players. I will say this about Jim Harbaugh: he got a bare cupboard when he got here. Okay. Like you said, like Brady Hope was a good rah rah guy. He just recruited the stars. He didn't get good linemen. He didn't get good defensive linemen. He didn't play young players right away. He always had them sitting, sitting rot, and they couldn't really fully develop. Jim Harbaugh had to develop that. He had a good first year. They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Michigan State on, you know, bullshit as, you know. It wasn't bullshit. because You know why it wasn't bullshit? It's because the announcer said, and I literally, I was watching that game right. on my base with my father. The announcer said that shit 15 times. Wow, this kid has a really, a really unorthodox kicking stance. He said this shit like 10 times, literally. And I told my dad when they kicked that shit, I'm like, the announcer been saying it. I wouldn't be surprised if they bought this shit. I wouldn't even blame the kicker. I kind of blame Harbaugh on that one. I'm running the ball. Yeah. I'm running the survivory game. I got to put the, I got to put an end to this. And that, that would have set the momentum. If he just would have ran the ball, get it or don't. It was only like, what, like 20 seconds left or something? Like, yeah, you got to do that. Okay, I blame. Okay, that that's one thing, okay? They come back the next year to beat him. Last year was like the rain game, and then, you know, Ohio State, John O'Corn. Listen, I, I just think players win games. you got to have a quarterback. John O'Corn was That was a, my next was, thing. How long has he been there? This is his fourth year? This is his fourth year, yeah. Is he not a former quarterback? He is a former quarterback, but that, that comes with pressure, though, bro. How are his quarterbacks this terrible? Listen, Jake Rudock, he found him. All right. Shane Morris, I think Shane Morris, he went to Central Michigan, and he played well. He wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad. Um, homeboy, what's the... Will. Will Spade, Spade, Spade. He just could never get it together, man. His fundamentals was off. He was too too flat-footed. He's Brock Osweiler. He's Brock Osweiler. He was. He was just just too big. John O'Corn, I don't know what happened to him in Houston. He just keep losing his job. It was just, it was time for him to leave. You know, Alex Malzone, they never gave him a chance. It's tough when when Jim Harbaugh is your quarterback coach. Because he's he was the MVP at the Big Ten MVP. He was Michigan, the Golden Boy. He won Rose Bowls and shit like that. So it's a lot to look up to when you when you're talking to him. But I think he has a quarterback now in Shane Patterson and Joe Milton. I think these are two guys that he got his hand on. That Brandon guy from last year, I don't think he can after what I've seen in that bowl game, I think he, he probably wanna look at transferring to a different school. I think it might be time for him to do something else. Do they get a victory against either of the rivals this year? They do beat Michigan State this year. And Michigan State's going to have a really good team. And, like, Vegas got it. Vegas got Michigan at nine wins. They got Michigan State at eight wins. I think that's too low for Michigan State. I think that Michigan got a better shot against Ohio State. It's tough, man, because they just they reload. I, and, look, the only reason why I say. That's the only reason I say that. But, no, the only reason why I say Michigan State is because even though they play Michigan State at Spartan Stadium, 
that's still kind of like a home game. Home game. Um, you know, since they're going to have a, a big number of fans there, they're going to have, you know, push, and they really want that. The only thing that I would say about this situation is that, and anybody who knows me knows I love Michigan State, this is one of the situations where we see Michigan State crumble. When you expect them to do something, right. football and bad, it don't matter which sport, when you expect something out of them niggas, this is when they, they do bad. So it's a possibility that they, they could have a shitty season because people, you never like when analysts and 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 betters like Michigan State with the odds. Because then you end up with Denzel Valentine losing the first round of the, the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So. I mean, and that's another thing. Like, Michigan opened up the season against Notre Dame. So I think by the time they played Michigan State, they already had been battle-tested. They're going to be ready. They, they're bringing back a lot of defenders. It's same thing Michigan State. Michigan State's bringing back a lot of starters. That's really a pick em game. I can't really say for sure that. I think that and Michigan, Michigan State, I like the, their defensive scheme, and I think that their offense has studs. Yeah, well, they got they probably got the best receiving core in the Big Ten. Studs. They got they got stud running backs. Studs. It's gonna be a fight. I just think Michigan a, has a lot, lot of talent. Line and Brian Lewerke is yeah good. good one, look, 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 and this we just talked about this with D'Antonio being a great coach. You can say what you want about Kirk Cousins. He's a good point. He just got the most money in there. Bro, I can't say nothing back. bad about Kirk, Kirk I'm, Cousins. I'm going further. You can say yeah. what you want about Brian Hoyer. He's still in the He's league. A serviceable yeah. quarterback. Even fucking Drew Stanton is still in the NFL. Yes. So, like I said. They push these people who sometimes they aren't the greatest, but they know how to play the sport. Bro, and that's the thing about it. It's not about the five-star, the four-star, sure. the three-star. It's not about all your... Co- because it's you about, turn into that big running back that U of M had a couple years ago that didn't do shit. Yeah, yeah we ain't going to even say his it's name. But, but, you know, like you said, you got to get a good player. And like I said, if I was advising a young kid, a young quarterback, I would tell them to go to Michigan State. For sure. Because they play more of a pro-style offense. They run the ball heavy. Mark Dettoli is not going to put you in a situation yeah. where you're going to really turn the ball over too much. Like you said, with the pro-style offense, you got a lot of dump-offs, and you got you got the protection to have your tight end right there for you usable. And they always they always have a nice stable of tight ends. That's one thing I can respect about. Always have a nice stable of tight ends. They don't have Jake Butt, but Deion yeah. Sims was a, was a, a, good, a tight good tight end, and they had a couple others that I think got at least looks in the NFL. And that's the thing, like, I think with Jim Harbaugh and Pep Hamilton, the playbook got too complex for some of them guys. Mm-hmm. You got to make it simple. Michigan State playbook is simple. Really simple. So I mean, and I think uh, I think Jim Harbaugh is gonna he's gonna do that this year. But it's just tough with a guy has that much success. He's coached Kaepernick, Andrew Luck. I mean, he's you know he he he's a quarterback guru. But it's tough to to find yeah, that right guy. For sure. Yeah. So um, any what else in the Big Ten? I mean, you know, we got Nebraska. What they is come alive. to me? Would they be the third best team for you, or fourth? If I, you consider the, the 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 heavy hitters as the top three. I think, yeah, I think they might be fourth. I think Nebraska's right there. So is Saquon that pivotal to Penn State's success? Even though James Franklin is that's his name right there. Yeah, James Franklin. He is a pretty good coach when it comes to recruiting. He's he's considering the the situation that they had. He turned that system around extremely fast. He did. So do you think that there's no shot of them having success in the Big Ten this year? They it's always tough to go to Penn State and play. Exactly. That's going to be a tough place to play. I mean, in any one of those, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, any one of them can lose to Ohio State. Okay. I mean, can lose to Penn State. Any one of them can lose to Penn State on, on any given Saturday. That's always going to be a tough place. He has a lot of young players. He talked about. He had a good press conference about we kind of reloading. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a problem at kicker, and that's going to hurt them down the stretch. you got to have that guy. He said kicker, right? Yeah, yeah, but he said he got a lot of young guys trying to compete for it. That's going to be a big key for them. 
So the rounding out the Big Ten, they're too much of a drop off from the Wisconsin's and the Iowa's. Where I'm not sure Wisconsin really lost a, a lot of no, talent, really but Iowa much. did lose yeah. their the last few years starting with Buda, and then I think this year they lost two more cornerbacks. If I'm not at least DBs, if I'm not mistaken, between for sure one corner and I think a safety as well. Yeah, I mean I think they might have like a they might have like a solid solid year. A team a team to look that I think is gonna be really good though is Rutgers. Mm-hmm. I think they they've had a lot of young players come in and play right away. They then took their lumps. I think this is the year that that you see a step forward from uh, for okay. Rutgers. Shout out to Iowa too. Hey shout, to Iowa. hey, shout out, shout out to Iowa, man. Shout out to the Big Ten, man. It's like sure, football is sure. coming back, man. It's it's very very exciting, man. So let's get into some TV shows. Let's get into some movie talk. You know, okay. um, let's start off with TV. So it's been a lot of shows to come back on. I want to talk about Snowfall. Did you watch last last episode? Good episode. For sure. Starting off to be a uh, a real good season. Um, where do you see this? Where do you see this going with Franklin and, and the crew? Um, I think because of what we know about the crack era, is, and this could be reaching. I think it's gonna get a lot bigger than what people might expect, just as far as their own little empire because. Back then, and we kind of discussed this off air about Pusha T to some degree. But it's like, back then, everybody made money. Like, it's not, in recent years, it was like, you're not seeing too many kingpins. But it was literally, everybody was a kingpin down there. So, I, I think that this is going to get pretty big and maybe overwhelming for the group that they got. Maybe some jealousy, you never know. But I think that it's going to get a lot larger than what people actually expect. Because right now, it still seems minute on the grand scheme of things. Like, they're growing, but it doesn't seem large scale. And I think that's kind of in game for them. I kind of see that going too, and definitely with his crew, I can see maybe somebody getting hooked on the product. Yeah, for sure. We just seen like the the Mexican guys, you know, just took out the, the two corner boys, and I think that's going to create like a rivalry, definitely between the two neighborhoods. So, I mean, you know, the story is loosely based off of, of a figure of life, so I, I just want to see how much of the story they they stick to, and see how that goes. So, Snowfall's been been interesting, man. I, I think it's been the best show of the summer. You know, because power then kind of, and we let get down. the power. It's been a letdown. I heard this week's supposed to be like Kendrick Lamar supposed to be on there, and uh-huh. I just saw like Fifty riding like a bike through like the neighborhood. I I don't know where they going with power. I read. Really Honestly, don't know. I haven't watched the last two episodes. You didn't watch the last two. Okay, let me. It just water. It was the first first two or three episodes was just too watered down. I wasn't even. I could have watched them. I just wasn't eager to. You know what? I don't know what they doing with like Lorenz Tate character. I I just I just don't get it. Um, but like Dre and like Ghost are kind of they are forced to like work with each other now. Okay. And so now that's like that's turned into something something. No, totally I already kind of could see that though, where it was like I already saw Ghost don't want to give up the pop the club life. That's not what he want to give up. Well, it's kind of like I guess Tate feel like he can't control Ghost no more. Ghost kind of showed out like an event. And now he's trying to make, he's trying to make Dre what he wanted Ghost to be, so he want Dre to be like the the front man for the like the, the donation kickstart. I I don't know, man. I mean, we discussed this previously, but it's just too many storylines. Just yeah. the downfall of the show right now. You know what I'm saying? You got everything which Kanan is, which is just almost a manifest of the show in itself. 
and then you got the backstory, whatever Tommy's father is, and what he, what he, whatever he's trying to do, whatever his end game is, and then you see whatever the situation is with Lorenz Tate on top of the already spiraling. We don't know what's going on between Ghost and Kanan. We don't know what's going on with Ghost and want to be back with Angela, and it's just so many different webs where it's like. All of these things seem like they should have been done at a different time. Yeah. And maybe Tommy's father should have already been implemented during one of these other seasons where it just was so cartel-based. It would have been nice two or three seasons ago to have a side story like that. Where it was like, all right, we're going against Lobo. So we're going against uh, Milan. We're going yeah. against... And then the side story come in. But now it's like, damn, you didn't introduce, what is, you know what I'm saying, like four or five new characters already. And you know what? And I like you said that Back at the first two, even even third season, it was just more simple. Yeah, slow-paced. It was slow-paced, simple. I think, like, and with a show like Game of Thrones, they just hit you all at once. Mm-hmm. Like, we got this going on over here, we got this going on. They they hit you with, we're telling all these stories at once at the beginning. And you can't slow-pace a show and then now branch it off to all these different storylines. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I think that's that's the hard part. I'm, I'm having a problem. I'm still going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think that was the biggest thing where it's like everything seemed like it was integrated smoothly. Like, you you get the Louises, and then you see that his, his daughter has an issue. And then you have, uh, I think Rojas was his name, the young guy that, that goes, was, he, he killed him for somebody lying about him. And then you get implemented into Julio. And then all these different characters who slowly, either they do mean something or they don't mean shit. Or they get killed this week or they don't get, you know what I'm saying? So then you slowly start to build. But now it's like, Lorenz Tate, main character. Like, you know what I'm saying? He just pop in this bitch. I've never heard of him. Well, we seen him a little bit at the end of last season, but it was very vague and you didn't know what he was about. But now it's like, I see this nigga every episode. I don't want to see this nigga every episode. It's, it's just bothering me. It's like, all right, cool. Where does it go from here? And then... Like I said, it's just so many different things. Like, uh, can't think, is it Crystal Ball? The guy that's kind of running with Drake? Yeah, I think so. He in every episode. I don't want to see this nigga no more either. So it's just like, you see those type of situations where you got the, like I said, that's a sub-story in itself. Where I'm seeing his situation and then Kanan trying to work over Drake's guy. And it's like, all right, and, bro. And we bro. all saw that. We saw that. And like, a lot of stuff you just see coming like a mile away. Predictable. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to tune out to check out the episode to see how it go, but I'm still kind of like on the fence this year. I, I definitely think Snowfall winning, uh, winning sure, the summer I think competition. The, the power is so powerful. And you got a lot of people who are complacent. A lot of people that would accept bullshit. They're just like, all right, cool. It is what it is kind of thing. You know, ride its way out. But we've we seen this before. We've seen shows have drop-offs. Even people that would compare who like The Wire. The end of The Wire ain't the same as the beginning yeah, of The Wire. Yeah, The Wire, it, it had a big drop-off. So, it, you yeah. know, it is what it is. It, you know, people try to rebuild... And you lose touch of what the essence of the story is. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with Power is that after Ghost's demise, they don't know what the story is anymore. Because to me, that's what the whole story was about, was him being cool and smooth and the, the go-to picture-perfect criminal where don't nobody... And now that's broken. It's like, all right, what, what is this then? Now he just look like a shell. He crazy. He's just a nut out here doing nut shit. He don't know what he want to do. His life is unraveling, and he can't get control of it. Yeah. And then you lose in touch of anything else that made you gravitate to the show. Like, for me, one thing that I always gravitated to, I didn't have no brothers growing up. So to see Tommy killed it, not to say that I'm in support of killing your girlfriend over over somebody, but that's brotherly love right there. Don't get no more of a brotherly bond to see, all right, you put my brother's life in and Jeffrey, not even his biological brother, but just his man's, I'm riding. 
this if I gotta do something that's gonna hurt me, I do. Cause that's my man. That's something they always gravitate to. Tommy didn't ask no questions. When it came down to it, he was riding. Even when they was beefing, they wasn't even on good terms. And now it just seemed like, oh, that's messed up and they they're not really telling each other the truth. Both of them lying, you got Kanan in the middle of this. Like, I don't know what this is. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it seemed like Tommy's gonna keep having that same cycle with people, either it's Holly his father, Kanan, like, he just always getting to run around. I think that that's place. a decent subline, though, because of how he was brought right. into what the story made of him, which is he the person who always needed defense. He yeah. a weird white guy, not to say weird, but he the white guy in the hood. Your mom might be called a whore in some instances. She kind of loose while doing drugs and stuff like that. He seemed vulnerable in every sense of the word. If it's the street stuff, not to say that he weak, but he's just vulnerable. Sometimes he get himself into bad decisions. Not always thinking properly. Sometimes he get lashed on to people because there's emotional issues. So that, to me, kind of makes sense. But like I said, just being bombarded with all these different people and all these different issues. Like we, and they talked about ghosts laughing at, at Raina's funeral, but it don't even feel like the, the viewers got a chance to mourn over her dying. And not to say she was a big character, but this, this nigga daughter just died. It don't even seem like it happened. And, he, and Ghost is doing a good job trying to, like, act like he's sad and you know now him and Angela about to get back together it's it's a lot man but let's we'll move on let's let's get into some uh cause I don't think you've, you've been watching any other show have you um not really okay so let's get to these summer movies man okay um you know we we got a chance to finally see that Jurassic World bad um, movie that was a really bad movie worst movie yeah it, it, it was bad um like you said what else has came out from what I hear Uncle Drew is pretty good I know you don't want to see it, but from I mean, what I heard, what is, it's pretty good. What is pretty good? Like I said, I mean, it's 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 a it's a high level basketball movie. It's a high level basketball. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm probably gonna check it out next week. But that's what I'm hearing. I think it's a high level, like Mike. That's what I compare it to. Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna check it out. and Let you know. Equalizer two, I felt like it was a good movie. Better than the first one. Um, good action scenes. You know, Denzel will always bring it. Does he? He does. For the most part, he does. I can't. I can only name like two movies he didn't really bring it. That shit he did with Mark Wahlberg, Two Guns. Two Guns. That was that was bad enough. Prime what's exam? that? What's that cowboy movie? He did a cowboy movie too. And like that, yeah, yeah. That so, shit wasn't even the worst. He had a stretch when some of the movies was not good in the early two thousands, bro. No, early two thousand he was rocking. Nah, the the out of town. That the, was good, man. Stop hell, it, man. No, yeah, you bugging now. That's the dumbest movie. That was a good movie though. That Still the performance. Early two thousand. That's when he was killing it, really. And to be honest, the script of this movie was better than the actual movie. The Merchant Candidate wasn't that good. That was a deep movie though. The, the, the story yeah. was good. The movie he did, was a, good, not he that did good. a good job in it though. Maybe the people around him. Mm-hmm. He, he did a good job for the most part. This is break every every season. Every mm-hmm. season, like say to me, he only had two slip ups. And it was it was decent, but it could have been a lot better. Man on Fire could have been a lot better. It was still a good movie though. Mm-hmm. Man on Fire was good. The one old girl was about to kill him at the end. Oh my good, Man on Fire was good though. Yeah, he true. brought it there. And so, but like I said, Denzel brought it. Good movie, solid movie. Okay. Only thing I haven't seen Equalizer two. Only thing that I will say about the Equalizer two is that from the commercials, it looked like it was better than the first. Which isn't hard to do. The first Equalizer was terrible. That shit was butt. I thought it was okay. Complete butt. I thought it was okay. But I will say that none of that has anything to do with Denzel Washington. The story was just awful. It was so condensed into the story being 
supported by being in that store was awful. And everything leading up to that was terrible too. Like us not really knowing that now you like I said, you get the backstory of him being an agency, being whatever he is. Him just snapping people's arms and stuff like that in the first movie and being a vigilante didn't really appeal to me. And it, it all seemed too rushed. Like this guy just doing this, you know what I'm saying? Well that's kinda how the T V show was. I never watched that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I I didn't have a problem with the first one. Second one definitely is better. Second one definitely better. But yeah, the first one was okay. I mean, it was just like a good movie. Just I think see. that I, you saying that to me makes more sense. The first one being like a TV show, because that's what it kind of ran like to me. Yeah, it yeah. ran like the uh, a long-ass episode yeah. of a TV show, yeah, and yeah. that shit wasn't good. Right. The first one actually seems like this is an action movie. Right. It seems like, hey, one thing with me, got to have more than one set. Like I said, it didn't seem like it was enough motion in the first one. Like, it seemed like everything was condensed in the, this one couple of areas, like the store, this one restaurant I remember, and then like his housemate. Yeah. This one, you out in the open. This an uh, action movie. I could see motherfuckers driving. I could see yeah. action going up. That's I, a real action. A lot movie. of that got to do with budget too. Yeah, a lot of that got to do. That's with I said. The first one just it seemed like some shit I would have watched on Showtime late at night. Yeah, like, yeah, and that's not not good or bad, but that's bad for Denzel Washington. Yeah, but like you said, okay, Denzel Denzel brought it this summer. Um, what else dropped? What else? We we saw. Sorry to bother you. Yeah. Uh, I liked Sorry to Bother You. I thought it was a, thought it was a really good movie. I would put that over both The Equalizer and Jurassic World. I mean, shit, it, Jurassic World was the worst shit I ever seen. That, that was so. trash. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, have you seen it? Or? No, I have not. We got to go see that. We got to go see that. I've been hearing good things. I hear like sure. the extra credit scenes are, are like the best part of the movie. I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp is, I, I think that, hey, you got Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is very underrated in acting. And in, in, in the comedy scene, I feel like it's very underrated. Uh, you got, is it Michael Douglas? I think it's Michael Douglas. You got Michael Douglas, I'm not sure the, the lead lady's name. You got, uh, is it Michael Cena or Sarah? The Latino or Mexican guy that's in it. Yeah, I don't remember his name. Uh, it's a decent cast. I think that it's one of those movies where it's not really a superhero movie, it's just a movie. Which is kind of following the trend of what we've seen with kind of Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy. Comedy based, kid friendly, just seemed like a good movie. Something that you might enjoy, even if you don't know nothing about comic books. And I think that that's cool. Everything don't gotta be Superman or Iron Man, or, you know what I'm saying? Where it's a big plot and storyline based. Cause I don't know what the fuck is going on in Ant Man and the Wasp. So it's just something that I'm, I'm enjoying this. But that's the best thing. Like Iron Man was never really a big character. Yeah, and it, it just kind of just took off. Like I, I think that's what DC needs to do. They need to get a smaller character. And then, like, kind of make it grow. I think, no, that, that's what, I think that this will be the term. Anybody knows me, Batman is, is has been huge for everybody. And it, it goes kind of undertoned because Batman has been successful in the past. And it's been long, right? Like, Pat, Batman has had movies stay, dating back to 89. So it's not something where it's like, oh, this is, you know, a superhero movie. It's just a movie almost at this point. Like, people don't compare that to a seeing Blade in 99 or... The X Men in '99, like that type of era, Batman has just stood alone at all. And the same thing with Superman. Superman has had his drop offs, but you had Christopher Reeves holding down that role for so long that it was just like Superman is just Superman. Right, right. You ain't got to compare this to the superhero genre, which is what it is today. But now I think with Shazam, and look, I hate Jason Moore or whatever his name is, dude is playing Aquaman. He can't stop making model faces. But that trailer was amazing. It looked like looked like uh, Black Panther. Like, fight for the throne and all that type of shit. Like, it, it, and that's the thing. Like, nah, that was different, though. 
Nah, man, that look like the same shit. Them two was fighting one on one. You talking about the same? Throne. I'm talking about concept wise. He is somebody that's Black Panther was never negating the throne. No, no, but I'm just saying like the 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 story about the throne fighting for the throne. It's almost like like if you want to say Lord of the Rings, then with Aragon, he don't want to be king. But it's yeah. like, no, you the king, bro. Like that's cool. It's your blood. So cool, it's kind of like that that type of shit. It's like I, I gotta see how that go. I trailer mean, did look good. It looked better than the Justice League trailer. Oh, Justice League was a bad movie. For sure. Yeah, that was just a real, or really, Shazam really bad movie. Shazam looked amazing, too. Really, really bad movie. And Shazam, growing up, was always one of my favorite comic book characters. I don't know what it was, but I had his toys. I had a big-ass, like, Justice League Manor or whatever the fuck the name of their house was. I had one of them, and, and damn near every DC character you could think of. Okay. But I felt like just seeing that, like you said, two characters that we didn't really know, and it's unfortunate because this would have been a good lead-off, but... If they would have been able to successfully do the Green Lantern movie, I think that this DC would be in a way different state right now. Yeah, but they, they fucked that up with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it's just, and, and they I mean, probably can bring it back, though. They can do James Stewart. No, 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 James because, Stewart. They can get, like, I mean, James who's going to be James Stewart? Because Tyrese keeps throwing his hand in the hat. And well, I don't think, yeah, I don't think Tyrese is going to be able to do it. They'll get somebody. Maybe Michael be Jordan or some shit. Who knows? He's going to fuck it up, too. Nah, yeah, yeah, dude, I man. think that the guy from Moonlight should do it. And nah, I, I can't. I wouldn't. I ain't never seen Moonlight, but the nigga that's—he looked like he could be James Stewart. Him a ghost? Somebody can do it. Ghost. Ghost Hell can do it. No. Give me ghost. Put ghost in there. I ain't <laughs> never seen Ghost act for real. Nah, he he does like poetry and he used to do like Shakespeare. And shit I'm saying like the small screen power is a lot different than being actually. Uh, well, he did like um some Medea type shit. No, next day air and shit like that. That was, a, movie. that was a classic movie. But uh, Mission Impossible 3 came out this weekend. What'd that mean? I mean, are you excited, that man? That shit ain't Mission Impossible 3. That bitch like 15. Well, yeah. It's just, what it looks like. <laughs> Mission Impossible came out. That's the last one I seen was 3. I'm like, damn. Man, this shit like 8. Yeah, it's like 10 of them, man. It's, it's like, like the Fast and the Furious. I mean, what, for the most and uh, movies. And I see like Vin Raines was in it and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know. This is the highest rated Tom Cruise movie ever. Rotten Tomatoes is the highest rated Tom Cruise movie ever. He'd have been some bad movies. Yes. He'd been some bad movies. I haven't really been a big Tom Cruise fan to begin with. Yeah, but Tom Cruise, if we've discussed movies in the past, to some degree I like bad movies. And Tom Cruise makes some of them bad movies that I like. Yeah, you like bad movies. Yeah, I mean I know you like bad movies. But no, from the the this is always what I've I've meant by bad movies. I like good scripts. I like ideas. So if I see something in the movie that I'm like, oh, that's cool, or you could have built on this, then I can watch it, and it's like, all right, I can enjoy it. I don't really care. The acting don't bother me as much. If you got bad acting, then it's just like, all right, that was that, bad that acting. That bothers me. Bad but that shit, like, then that's what I meant by that. There wasn't really bad acting in Jurassic World. The story was just dumb as shit. No, it was some really bad. The villains of Jurassic World was really, he was awful actor. Yeah, all was. the villains was kind of bad. Chris Pratt, he's, he's, or he's too joking like with me. Pratt. Yeah, he's just but too joking. But I don't have an issue with Chris Pratt. I don't have it. The girls, to me, were decent actors. I like the corny. Not the main chick. Dude. The main chick is like, she a little corny, too. She corny, but I, it's not bad acting. I can believe it. The only person in there probably was unbelievable is the, the main villain. Yeah, he was bad. But the storyline is just so awful. It's like, I can't watch this shit. Yeah, they about to turn into Either like everything is too apes. predictable or it just don't make no sense. So it's like, all right, cool. I don't want to see this shit no more. But like you said, Mission Impossible. We got Tom Cruise for another one. Uh, this is also the reason why Superman had that shitty ass mustache, and then he had to fuck up 
the Justice League and do a bunch of reshoots. But it might be a good film if you like action or you like shit blowing up and a story that you don't really understand. Go watch it. So, okay, I think that's it for all the movies yeah. this summer. Oh, also, uh, shout out to Ving Rains for not getting shot by the police. Shout out to that, man. If you haven't heard that story. I haven't no, heard I didn't, story. I didn't hear oh, story. basically, um, Ving Rhames' neighbor called the police and said it's a big black guy breaking in. What? And then once he, once he opened his door to the police, they had a 9mm, as he quoted it, pointed at his face. And then, I don't know if they recognized I didn't read the full story, but this is just the, the cuts that I've seen. I don't know if they recognized him as Ving Rhames, which is, Ving Rhames has been in a lot of shit, so I yeah, feel like everybody yeah. would recognize him. But somehow, you know, he got out of that situation, and then they went to the neighbor's house. Obviously, you don't just go to a random neighbor's house. The police knew which house the car came from, and they denied ever making it, because then you just look like a racist. But it is racist. Yeah, we live in a bad time right now, so. So that would be the one thing for anybody who's not African-American who listens to our podcast. Don't call the police on African-American people just for no reason. I got a white friend. She likes to call the police. had to check her on that. You got to stop calling the police. The police, they never make things better. No, I never do. But, um, yeah, man, I think that's that's about it, man. We we didn't see Deadpool either, though, but. Yeah, we didn't see Deadpool. We got a, we got a, we got some movies to come see this week. We, yeah, we'll let you guys know. Catching up. But football is coming up. Uh, we're going to have more football breakdowns. Um, we're going to have some more interviews coming up in the next few weeks. So yeah. everybody stay tuned, man. Be on the lookout for the season to start because I'm coming back and I'm going to be the, the football guy this year. I fell off towards the end of the season, but I was winning at the beginning of the year. He lost. He, he definitely lost. I, I'm the real football guy. You're coming for the title. I'm the real football guy. I, I can't lose. But uh, peace out, man. Everybody have a good night and uh, be safe.